G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Christian businessman and evangelist Sean Murray. How you doing, brother? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Matt. Now, mate, uh, I'd love to hear a bit about your recent ministry you've been involved with, but let's go back to the beginning. Whereabouts were you born and raised? Well, I was born um, in 1982 in Durban, South Africa, um, where I was raised till about 13 when we immigrated to Australia, um, mm. Brisbane, Australia, mm-hmm. is where I still reside mm-hmm. um, in my mid-30s now. And tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you have a religious upbringing? Um, I was born into a, I guess, Baptist home, Christian home. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did have a, a religious upbringing. Um, but I guess I was kind of taught from a young age that if you behave um, good, you're, you're treated well and God loves you. But if, you, if you're bad, um, you're treated bad and God's upset with you. Mm. So did you have a uh, an experience of conversion or were you always just a follower in the Lord? Tell us a bit about your faith journey. Um, in South Africa, I always knew God was real. Um, I guess my parents did model that. Um, they did model love. Um, I did, I guess, feel God's presence. Um, but it wasn't until a youth camp in Australia when I was much older that um, I was actually baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, mm. and this was at school. But my upbringing was kind of really mixed. You know, I was mixed in the world and mixed in Christianity. I was going to church, but still kind of living like the world um, during the week. Um, I always kind of fell short in my heart, I guess, um, to what God required of me. Um, from a young age, my mom did tell me that I had a core on my life, but I always felt like I was falling short of that core. Um, it wasn't until later, um, probably uh, high school, end of high school, that um, a lot of shame and that started creeping in um, due to hidden sins uh, where I found escapism in alcohol and then later in drugs. And I know that uh, you had a bit of a rough trot for a while. I, I remember seeing pictures of you, you know, you had the long dreadlocks, you had, you know, the tats, the piercings, you, you, you had that kind of wild party lifestyle for a while. Um, tell us a bit about uh, the, uh, the journey you went through until you fully gave your heart back to God. Um, so I guess I kind of did go on a bit of a seesaw ride. Um, of, of trying to, to live for God and then falling short, getting into drugs and then um, reaching kind of um, emotional distress and then giving it up and then trying to live for God again and, and, and then same, you know, six months later falling short. 
Um, but I ended up going to London in a way to get away from drugs. Uh, I, was, I was really involved in the rave party scene here um, in Brisbane Valley. Um, so I kind of followed um, a friend over to London to get away from drugs. Um, but it's kind of... Um, yeah, not the best place to go to get away from drugs. And it wasn't long before I realized that it wasn't really my friends, but the the problem was in me. Um, and, and I still had a big hook. Um, I guess Satan still had a big hook in my life in the world. Um, and in London, yeah, it wasn't long before I found, um, yeah, bad friends again. And, um, and that's where I had no accountability. You know, my family was back here. My good friends, any Christian network I had was all back here in Australia. We're in London. I had no accountability. So um, I pretty much just didn't hold back. And, um, and yeah, 18 months um, wasn't long before I was borderline schizophrenic. Um, I thought everyone was talking about me when they weren't. Um, yeah, just, I guess, having nightmares. It was just, I was at rock bottom, and I found myself in Camden Town, curled up one night on the streets um, and a real bad overdose um, on certain drugs, uh, just alone you know, um, lost, alone, and, and that's where, where the world led me, that's where, um, I guess, living for myself um, led me, and it was in- incremental, what didn't all happen straight away, but it was a slow progression down to that place, and and from there, that's where I kind of got up, and I remember listening to Majesty uh, by Delirious, um, just to try and find some kind of comfort from the torment, and singing Majesty uh, with a cigarette in my mouth, and and drugs in the system, and, and, and still in that moment, I feel God met me there um, with his peace and presence, which was amazing, um, and, and kind of yeah, a few months later, I left London and come back to Australia, and, and um, that's where I went to, I think, a Planet Shakers conference and, and got deliverance for, for pornography and and, um, and a few other things, and, and got baptized shortly after that, and, and that was the real defining moment in my life, I think, was when, well, that was when I really, in my heart, decided to follow God 100%, you know, and and, and um, put the world behind me and not, not, not have anything to do with the world anymore, but to live for Jesus um, 100%. So, um, so I guess, yeah, the tats and all that were, um, and piercings were, it was kind of a reminiscence of just that past rave lifestyle. Um, I actually got dreadlocks once I was saved after I was baptized, um, but it, it was kind of like a Nazarite thing, I think, you know, like, <laughs> don't drink and uh, yeah, don't do drugs and, and just yeah, live 100% for Jesus. It's interesting you say that you had a real deliverance there um, and I've, I've actually spoken to a number of people just recently who have had an incredible deliverance and breakthrough from, uh, from demons and they've all said that one of the keys was renouncing their sins, renouncing their past lifestyle and you know, making a, a decision that they weren't going to go back to that, they were going to start afresh and that almost uh, was the trigger for them to be set free from these things. Um, did you find that was part of the process for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's very key in being delivered is um, confessing your sins um, to one another, says in James. So, yeah, renouncing those sins um, before witnesses um, and bringing it out into the light and, I guess, yeah, just asking God, you know, to help overcome. Um, and, and, and yeah, that, that was key for me. 
I mm. guess, because um, a lot of my sin was hidden. You know, it's hidden from my parents. It was hidden from people who I thought would judge me and that kind of thing. So, so I had this kind of alternative lifestyle, um, which was hidden in darkness. You know, so so bringing all that out to the light, acknowledge that yeah, I needed help, and acknowledge that I couldn't do it by myself, and it, it was humbling myself um, and allowing God to come in and work in my heart and and um, set me free. Mm. It's a wonderful testimony of transformation. And I have interviewed your wife on History Makers before. Uh, she is a Christian artist, uh, Liz Murray, and uh, has done some beautiful paintings. And uh, she's got an amazing story where she was raised in a cult and then, you know, uh, went through a real rough patch in her life and then came to Christ. And uh, I, I'd never really heard the story about how you guys met and started dating. And, and you know, how, how did you guys connect up? So after getting back to Australia and um, and yeah, getting baptized, it was about three years uh, of just living 100% for God, um, being involved in every kind of ministry that was opportunity, ministry opportunity um, available to me, and um, it was at a glory. City Church mm-hmm. um, gathering where I'd been going for probably a couple years, and um, and she ended up coming, and. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until the pastor there, Catherine Noel, was actually speaking at New Hope Church. Um, we went to support her, and and Liz went. And I met Lizzie's sister beforehand, and and I knew that she had a sister. Um, but I just, yeah, just uh, I knew about Lizzie, but never actually met her. So it wasn't until at New Hope after the worship, we're lying down, um, just in I guess the glory you'd call in, and <laughs> and just enjoying the presence of God. And and um and yeah, she was lying next to me, and rolled over, and was like, oh hello, and she was like hello, and, and that's where we met. And I guess the rest is history. So. <laughs> oh, I never knew that part of it that you you were having some carpet time, and that's when you met. I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, tell us a bit about uh, your heart for missions. I know that, um, you know, I've heard you share your testimony. We, we went to Papua New Guinea uh, on missions together and, you know, I heard, saw you preaching and, and sharing the, the, your testimony. Uh, tell us a bit about your heart for evangelism and missions. Yes, yeah, so I guess at PNG, as you know, Matt, um, when I got to share my testimony there, um, it became real apparent to me that this was um, actually the highlight of my life, you know, like this this was at the highest point of my life and um, and just recognising um, to a degree I hadn't before that, yeah, from Camden Town, London, in the gutter, um, you know, years later now, up on a stage, um, preaching to, to a few thousand people, you know, like this is just the mercy um, of God, the faithfulness of God, of um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added mm. unto you. And and not only that, I was able to pay for myself to go over there and um, mm. preach the gospel as well, because God has really blessed us um, in the business realm. I um, just have a, a small um, electrical contracting business called All Brisbane Electrical, where we do solar and um, batteries and new builds and renovations and and um God has yeah really just breathed upon that as well you know so yeah. um yeah it's just he's really been talking to me lately about um Psalm 91 where there's a promise there um for those who dwell in the secret place of the most high um shall abide under uh, the shadow of the almighty and just you know when we spend time with him in the secret place. It's like God overshadows us. You know, he overshadows our life. He overshadows our family. He overshadows our business. And um, and that's just an amazing place to live. And there's a great story about how you ended up in PNG. Uh, you actually installed 
the first ever solar in uh, in PNG, of, you know, a number of years ago. Tell us a bit about how that all came about. Yes, yeah, so I was working with my dad, um, Cam Power, for about ten years, and you got this amazing contract, um, also God thing, um, in PNG through a, a business. Um, associate of his uh, to install the first commercial solar system in PNG which is a 100 kilowatt um, and phase micro inverter system and there we used um, nationals a lot of electricians to help with the install because it was a big install and uh, we wanted a fellowship on the Sunday so we asked them if they knew of any good churches and uh, one of them Joe um, knew of Life in the Spirit Ministries where he'd been a few times and he said that it was a good church so we met him Sunday and he took us there and, um, and we were like the first Caucasian to ever go to that church but there was about 1500 people meeting in Tokora High School in Port Moresby at the time and um, Pastor David D, the national overseer, um, who started the ministry. Um, yeah, we, we met him and, and got affiliated with Life of the Spirit Ministries. And I guess over the next three years or so, um, when I went back to PNG for full business, or they come over to Brisbane, um, we touched base and built a relationship. And um, eventually, yeah, Pastor Matt at, at New Hope um, let him speak a few times and, and um, that connection happened so when he invited us over to PNG it was um, yeah we jumped at the opportunity and, and they organised everything and, and yeah it was amazing we saw over 570 people come to Christ between um, Pastor Matt myself and Pastor David D um, in Garocco um, in the Highlands and also in Port Moresby so yeah it was, it was an amazing fruitful trip and I know one of the highlights uh, f- for us Sean was when the uh, one of the guys had repented from being a drug dealer and he wanted us to go up to his land and watch him pull out all of his marijuana plants and we got to film it and put it on YouTube and Facebook. That was just mind-blowing, wasn't it? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably also, you know, like one of the highlights of the trip for me because um, apparently a lot of... Um the marijuana also, you know, makes its way from from the highlands and that in PNG to Australian borders. So I don't know, it might be some possibility at some point I was smoking marijuana from PNG, but but God restored that and he, he actually took me right back to the root mm. of it. And um, together, yeah, we we could pull out those plants, you know, and um, and, and see them destroyed um, for the glory of God. So yeah, that, that was amazing. <laughs> it was so funny because I was talking to my wife about it, and and she goes, "Honey, what if what if you get busted?" And I'm like. Honey, we're helping the dude get rid of his marijuana. We're not smoking it. We're not. You know, we're doing the right thing with it. Uh, but it's like people have this fear that you know. But um, it was a great, uh, a genuine repentance, you know, because this guy, this was his livelihood. Um, yeah. He would make money out of this, and the whole village knew that. So for him to get all of his friends and family together, pull it out from the root, publicly renounce it, um, was a genuine repentance, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like it was their cash crops, so they had mm. a few amount of plants, but that that's how, what they sold really quick and really easy. So, mm. so for them to do that publicly, it's also saying that um, you know I'm trusting you, God, to be my my source and my supply um, for other avenues of income to support himself and his family. So it's a real big deal, and it's not something they do lightly. Um, the PNG people they really think about um, decisions before they do them uh, when it comes to God. So yeah, it was awesome to be a part of that. Now, Sean, before we wrap up today, uh, you shared about how you had that genuine conversion all those years back, and you you, you came to Christ and you renounced everything, you turned away. Um, you know, there might be people listening that think, you know what, I need to do that. I need to get my life right with God. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do they respond? 
So I guess, yeah, it's, it talks about in the Bible that um, when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. So again, it comes back to to that um, confession is, is really important. And it's just it's not an empty confession, but it's a meaningful confession from the heart. And um, and God always speaks to the heart and we'll have a stirring in the heart and, and he's calling our heart to respond to him. But that response, um, I guess, is demonstrated by um, us speaking it out to him, crying out to him for help, you know. And God's a real person who's um, he's just waiting and available to respond to our cry for help. And, and he's put that desire or that cry in our hearts. So when we go, God, I just need your help, you know, I want freedom from this drug or, or from this addiction and uh, I want help with my family you know with, with my marriage or with my children and we cry out from the heart and just confess that problem to him that's humbling ourselves before God and it says when we humble ourselves before him he will exalt us in due time so he'll exalt us in, in that circumstance to, to triumph over it in Jesus, um, in Jesus name mm, That's good news mate And you know if there are people listening that want to respond to this uh, If you'd like us uh, to send you a Bible And some information about following Jesus And maybe connect you up with the church uh, You can send us an email Info at historymakersradio.com Or find the links at uh, History Makers uh, Radio and TV on Facebook Or uh, just Google search us You'll find all the info We'll send you some, some info about following Jesus well, Sean, it's been so good to uh, hear a bit of your story today. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Pastor Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station Sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.